Thank you, Pastor. I need Jan to be in here to hear this, so if somebody could step out there and ask her to come on in. Uh, I know she she doesn't want to miss out when I get up and speak. But. So, a couple stories this morning as we get started on, on meeting Jesus. Um, one is about, we'll talk about uh, a little boy who was moved to Stratford when he was nine years old. Uh, it was a new experience, a new uh, school, uh, didn't know any other families in Stratford, and we moved, uh, this boy and his family moved north, uh, north on 125, where Jeff and Hannah Marver actually live now, and uh, he had grown up, uh, his mom uh, was a Christian, she played the guitar, she sang gospel songs, and uh, this little boy who was me, as you can figure out, I'm not disguising it very well. But so I, I grew up singing those songs. I grew up hearing about Jesus. Also grew up with a dad who wanted nothing to do with Jesus and made fun of my mom, made fun of Christians, made fun of preachers, made fun of churches. So it was a kind of a mixed uh, home that I grew up in. But as a little boy, I always thought, well, I'm like my mom. You know, I, she's a Christian. I'm a Christian. I don't need to do anything about it. And then the next summer when I was 10 years old, there was a little church called Mount Calvary. It used to be called Mount Calvary out by my house. So I'd go down there on Sundays even if my folks didn't go. And the preacher was a college student from Evangel, I think, um, and his wife. And they did, she did the, the children's ministry. He did the, the uh, preaching. And he was preaching about uh, verses like... Uh, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay, I understand that. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then as he wanted, it's like, what does he mean all? Who's he talking about? All have sinned. Have I sinned? And it, God convicted me that day that, yes, I was a sinner. Just I couldn't. I wasn't a Christian because my mom was a Christian. I I needed to make that choice for myself. And then he also went and do uh, Romans six twenty three. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's this gift. I brought a gift here to symbolize today. The gift of God. Beautiful gift. Some of you have just finished opening your gifts, or maybe you haven't yet. Um, but you've, you've had a Christmas where you've got all these beautiful gifts. Did any of you have a gift that you knew was great, but you didn't open it? You refused to open it? Anybody have a gift like that? Probably not. Well, this is, this is the gift that God gives to us. The gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gives us a gift, but we have to open it ourselves. He doesn't force us to open it. It's there. It's there in front of our heart all the time. He makes it available to all. All have sinned. All have access to the gift. So that day, I knew that I needed to make a, a decision. And, and I, 
I chose to accept that gift and open that gift for myself, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. He emphasizes those last four words. You will be saved. That's a promise in God's word. And I claim that promise. I claim that promise by opening the gift. And uh, my life has never been the same since. You say, oh, yeah, you're 10 years old. Of course it hasn't been the same since. I, I, just, I, can, I can step through the things that have happened through my life and see where God counted them all for good for me and not for confusion. And I, I praise and thank him for that. For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Again, that word, gift. It's a free gift that's available to all. I praise God that he convicted me, the Holy Spirit convicted me that morning. Um, you know, there was, I didn't, I came, as the Bible says, I came as a, as a child with a child's heart and with a child's mind and trusted him. And uh, I have grown uh, over the years by uh, the next step of maturing, which Charlie will talk about in a little bit. But the gift is before you. It wasn't just before me. It, it's before all of us. And so I will leave this gift here this morning just as a symbol of what's available. If there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Christ as your Savior, I pray that you will open that gift today. Open that free gift that he offers to you and see how it can, can change your life forever. Thank you. So my kid on that, that is a gift. And we're going to sing a song together. Um, I like how Mike, hit, that he understood that he, he needed Jesus. Um, it wasn't his folks had Jesus, and so it just kind of passed on him. He needed Jesus himself. And so that's what the song's about, is that, Lord, I need you. And I love one of the lines in the song is, where sin runs deep, your grace is more. And no matter what we're struggling with, no matter what we think is too big for the love of God, that's what that line is saying, is that there's no sin in my life that the power of God and the power of God's love cannot overcome. Nothing. And there's nothing I can do on my side to earn that. It is the gift, the grace of God. And that's why I need him, because I can't do it myself, but he did it all for me. He paid it all. And so this is going to be our prayer this morning. Um, just, Lord, I need you. Uh, I need you today. I need you for the next couple days to wrap up this year. I need you for this next year. I need you in my life and my family's life. And I want to continuously meet with you so make this my heart's desire that just to need you. I'm going to invite you all to stand with us as we sing this. Father, that's the prayer this morning. We need you in our life in ways we don't even know that we need you there. And Father, I, I praise you this morning that you know every single individual here. You know them by name. You know exactly what's going on in their life. You know the things that they're looking forward to in this new year, the things that, that they're hoping 2018 doesn't drag into 2019. But Father, no matter what comes, no matter what storms arise, 
Father, we need you in every single moment. We need you in our workplace. We need you in our classrooms. We need you in our hobbies. We need you in our passions. We need you in the extracurricular activities we're involved in, Father. We need you in our lives personally. We need you in our families. We need you in this church. That you alone will be proclaimed and you alone will be lifted up. So, Father, if that's not every heart's desire here this morning. I pray that your spirit would come upon them in such a way to bring them to a place of conviction and repentance to realize that you are all they need. We thank you for the gifts we may have received this last couple weeks. We thank you for the incredible gift that we've been given through your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for allowing us to meet with you this morning. Praise in your son's name, amen. Why don't you have a seat? So you may be here this morning, and you're like Mike, and you you uh, you relate to that. I mean, you grew up in church, and you're a little resistant, and I think a lot of people did that. I grew up as a, pra- a pastor's kid, and so um, I kind of felt like, you know, it just kind of blessings came on to me because I was a preacher's kid, and if you've been around preacher's kids, you know that's not always the case because preacher's kids um, are just blessings all around, so... Um, Anyway, um, I accepted Christ when I was a young age, too, like Mike. And I went to church. I, I, you know, I, ha- I was there. I, I would say I had to be there. Um, I had to be there every Sunday, every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, every revival service we had, every VBS, every outreach thing, cookout. You know, I just had to be there. And even though I accepted Christ, one thing that really didn't click until I was about 19 years of age is yes, I've been given salvation. Yes, I've been given eternal life. No, nothing can separate me from that incredible gift. Nothing can remove me from the love of God. But what now? I mean, is it just, okay, I'm saved, and so that's it. I should go to church every now and then, and I should do some good Christian things, and is that it? And it wasn't until I was 19 that I began to understand that this is about a relationship. And so, yes, I had met Jesus, but I hadn't really began maturing in my relationship with Christ until about 19 years of age. Um, I'd been in church, maybe like we're here this morning, but I had no intention of applying anything. I was just kind of going through the motions. I was playing church. Maybe that's where you, you are this morning. But the second part of the heartbeat and what Jesus was inviting the disciples to do is, yes, come follow him, meet him, but allow him to make them into something they currently are not. And that's part of maturing in our relationship with God. I've asked our other elder, Charlie, to come and share a little about how he's been maturing and what things he does for that. So come on up, Charlie. Well, good morning. Um, don't get too nervous about that giant stack of stuff I just stacked there. It's, those are visual aids. I will not be going through all of those. Um, before I get into this, um, I'd like to share something that is not so fun that I'm going through as of Friday. Um, first of all, I heard that one of my high school friends, one of my um, youth group mates, who is just a year older than me, Um, had suddenly passed away. And um, I don't know if you know or not, but when you're 40, that generally doesn't happen unless something else is going on. So um, as I'm scouring social media to figure out what's going on and um, stuff like that, um, I saw that a radio personality, when I worked at Andy's, the guy that actually put together all of our uh, stuff, his name was Rod Kittleman, had suddenly passed away on Friday as well. Um, listeners of um, KADI will recognize Rod Kittleman's name. He had some serious health issues over the past several months, but he was always able to work in um, my various radio requests and um, produce radio spots for us and stuff. And um, he even um, 
offered to let me and Sam come on and talk about Sam's battle with um, selective mutism. And um, so that was, that was you know, strike two on Friday. Um, he was just a great guy, an eternal optimist, and a devoted Christ follower. Um, so after I reached out to the guy who actually places our radio buys at Andy's, his name is Mike, I heard back from him that he would have gotten back to me sooner, but he was at a funeral for one of his best friends. So that's the third person um, that we were dealing with on Friday. And then um, later on on Friday, I heard from my past youth minister, um, that was our youth minister when Greg and I were in our church, Pastor um, Chris, Brother Chris was the pastor of, um, he reached out and, and said again that, you know, Greg had passed away, and um, I said, that's terrible. I said, well, I can reach out to these people. He said, okay, I'll reach out to these. And he said, and by the way, pray for me. My, I lost my mom two weeks ago. So that, that was just another, it's just another blow. Um, so that's four deaths within my circle of friends over the span of just a couple of weeks. Um, it really kind of makes you stop and think about end of life, how to prepare for that, and praying for those that are around you, if they go, that they're ready to go. Um, James 4, 13 through 15 says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. I just want to stop and pray here real fast. Um, Father, none of us know the day or time that we'll be taken from this world and brought into your presence. But Lord, I ask that we would be ready. Um, if there's anyone hearing the sound of my voice that hasn't yet put their faith in you, God, I just, I just give them courage to find a friend or a leader in the church that will point them the way back to you, Lord. God, I pray that you would be with all the families I've spoken about, um, that you would give them peace and solace in the one that is the source of all peace and rest, our Lord Jesus Christ. It is in his glorious name that I pray. Amen. Um, okay, so back to the topic at hand. Um, maturing in your relationship with Christ. If you're thinking, yeah, you're an elder in the church, I'm sure that's super easy for you. Um, it's, it, that's not true. Um, following Jesus requires a daily decision to do so, and you have to decide every day that you're going to do that. Um, the books of Luke and Matthew echo the same sentiment. Uh, Matthew 16, 24 puts it this way. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Um, Luke quotes Jesus a little bit more pointedly. Um, in Luke 9, 23. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Obviously, Luke was um, sensitive to the idea that it is a daily decision um, that we must make every single day. Um, so did Jesus mean that any problem is a cross we have to bear? Well, Billy Graham's Evangelistic Association spells it out in part like this. Jesus meant something far deeper than this when he told his disciples to carry their cross. In Jesus' day, a cross wasn't just a symbol of pain and suffering. It was a symbol of death. Um, when Jesus was telling them that, this, that they needed to put, their, put to death their own plans and desires and turn their lives over to him and do this um, every single day. Jesus doesn't simply call us to believe um, that he existed or to believe that he can save us. He calls us to commit our whole lives to him, to trust him alone for our salvation, and then to follow him as his disciples. The book of Luke goes on in Luke 14, 27 to say, anyone who does not carry his cross cannot follow me and be my disciple. So you might be thinking, how do we do this? Well, from my personal experience, um, you have to intentionally make time for Jesus. If I don't decide at this time today, I'm going to do this, it just won't happen. Um, we make time to check Facebook, update our fantasy teams, look at Instagram, watch our favorite television or Netflix shows, 
we just need to add, spend time talking to the Lord and reading the Bible and, and our daily activities. Um, they say that exercising in, in the morning on a schedule uh, will give you a better chance of not allowing other to-do list items to bump it off the list. Um, well, how much more important is reading your Bible and talking to God than working out? I'm not saying that morning is the only time you should pick for your Bible reading and prayer time. Um, I remember when people were encouraging me to do that, I was like, yeah, I get up at 6, and I'm not getting up at 5.30 just to get in the Bible. I'll do that you know, as I'm going to bed. But since I've been um, not working for the last little bit, I have found that the 30 or so minutes that Sam's in the shower getting ready and everything, that's a good time for me to sit down and just open the Word, pray, and um, just have good community with God. Um, there's no wrong way to be in prayer and Bible study unless you're not doing it. Um, I found a variety of things that work for me. Um, my father-in-law introduced me to this years ago. Um, this is a magazine called Stand Firm. Um, each day is a devotion that's a you know half a page, so the book is a full page, and each one of these is is a half. Um, starts with two to six verses, a, um, a two-paragraph modern-day illustration, a couple of questions to ponder, and then a suggested prayer to go along with the reading. Um, last year, Melissa bought me um, a year-long, it's 365 devotions from, this is actually from Billy Graham, and it's kind of the exact same format. It's a title, and then it's some scripture, and then it's just, you know, a devotion. Um, I've had this for a couple of years, and it actually has dates put on it, like May 9th. I might read that this year, and then I may not read May 10th until, you know, two years from now. But it's something that I can look to every day. Um, the next resource I suggest um, is your phone, because I know you're on your phones all the time. Um, you, ch you know, check Facebook and Instagram and all that. Um, and there's several apps that you can download. I've got a couple. Um, one is Solid Joys. Um, another one is called Ask Pastor John, which it's a podcast where um, Pastor John Piper um, goes through all these questions that his subscribers have asked him over the years. And you can literally like type in, you know, what happens when you die, what happens, um, whatever you want to put in there. And he's generally covered it in his many years. Um, and it's three to five minutes and you can just read it or you can hit play and actually listen to it. Um, Jason Goings pointed me toward a couple of weekly podcasts that are excellent. Uh, one is The Bible Project. Um, these are 40 to 60 minute sermons that dive deep into the scriptures. Um, another one that Jason introduced me to is called Exploring My Strange Bible. It's one of the coolest things I've ever been around. Um, it kind of just opens up, you go into like these really difficult scriptures that you have absolutely no idea what it's saying. and. Um, Tim Mackey will actually say, this is what that means, and this is where it came from, and here's the history, and here's why this is important. It's really, I think it's just neat. Um, there are lots of apps and podcasts, and if you need help finding one, uh, or needing to know if it's biblical, the leaders here, we can all chime in and help you. We're more than happy to give our opinions. Um, um, there's lots of Bibles that include study guides. Um, this is a good one. Um, this is the Max, John Maxwell Leadership Bible, and it just kind of pulls out any time that there's a point of leadership, and it will say, this happened, and this is what the leader said, and this is where the leader got his authority, and stuff like that. The most important idea I want you to hear from me is that you need to be in constant communication with God. Um, communication is a two-way street, so it's not just talking to God, but you have to pause and let God respond to you. And he's, you may or may not actually hear from God in, in your heart or in your ears, but when you go to read your Bible, God will speak to you. He will drive you to either understanding a passage that you're reading a little bit differently, or he will actually point you to a passage that you need to read. Um, it would be really hard to love your spouse well if you didn't talk to him or her. Um, so you need to have constant two-way communication with them and also with our Heavenly Father. A lot of information. Um, 
if you got any questions or like, hey, what was that podcast you mentioned? Just find Charlie. He he he's not allowed to run out right as we say amen and leave. So um, find him. Um, a couple other ones. And I don't want to just bombard you with stuff. Um, but another one is version. It's the version Bible. You can find reading plans, and you can actually set the app to remind you, hey, you need to do your reading plan today. You can get through the Bible in a whole year. And as we're two days away, what a great time to start. Read the Bible in a year. Um, the point is, is this. We need to become intentional about pursuing after God. That That's maturing our relationship with God. It's, yes, I'm saved, but... We should have this desire. I want to know this God who saved me. This God I'm going to spend eternity with. And that's what Jesus was inviting these men to do when he said, come follow me and I'm going to make you into fishers of men. Is Come get to know me as I come to make God known to you and transform you to have a heart of God. And so that's what God wants to do in our life. He wants to transform us. Um, that's Jamie to lead us in the song. Um, We've sung this before. I just really want to make this kind of our prayer song for uh, this next year. Um, The words are, just give me a a pure and holy passion to know and follow hard after you. And just say, okay, to make this our prayer, Lord, give me a passion that I'm following after you. I'm growing. I'm going. Um, And so uh, I'm going to ask you to listen to it the first time through. And then uh, if you feel so led to, to join us as a... We sing this out. Hard. To know and follow hard. 
again, turn back to this idea, okay, so we meet Jesus. We're going to, all right, God, I'm going to pursue you. I want to mature my relationship. I want to know you more. I want to be in your word. I want to hear your, your word, which is your voice written for me. Speak to my heart. Why am I doing this? It's because when Jesus invited these men to come and follow after him, he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And Matthew 4 to Matthew 28, you have roughly three years where Jesus is pouring into these men, transforming them, and making them into disciple makers because what God wants to do in our life is not just save us, not just give us complete forgiveness for all of our sins, not give us the gifts of eternal life in heaven, but God then invites us to be a part of his mission, his eternal mission. So the people we read about in scripture like Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Joseph and David and Peter and Paul were all on mission for God and and God has invited you and me who are completely unworthy to be a part of that eternal mission. And so we get to know God more because when we get to know God more, God changes our heart to be a heart of like God's and a heart for God. And then his will and his mission becomes our will and mission. So we meet Jesus, we mature, and we get on mission for the kingdom of God. Um, Zane, why don't you come up here for a second? Some of y'all know Zane. Um, Zane is a college student, a graduate of Stratford, Missouri. Not an elder. What? Not an elder. Not an elder. Not an elder. No. <laughs> not enough grade yet. No, we'll give it no, to you. We're we'll working um, on that. But uh, Zane, how long have you been coming to Harvest Hill? Oh, shoot, since like sixth grade or something, so eight years now. So eight years, and you're still here, going strong. Oh, yeah. And you graduated from Stratford a year and a half ago, two years ago? Yeah, a year and a half ago in 2017. 2017. So still a young buck, right? Um, And uh, you're going to Springfield for college right now? Yeah, I'm going to MSU. MSU. I study biology there and hoping to kind of go into medicine with that. Okay. Um, You know, you want to... So, about that or? yeah, while I'm at MSU, I've gotten really involved with a campus ministry there called Chi Alpha. And in that, we, we just focus a lot on discipleship, and I get the amazing opportunity to lead a group of guys. And so that's kind of like my whole life is just leading this group of seven young men trying to find out who Christ is. Now, this last summer, some of, y'all, some of y'all know Zane, and so you've, you've gotten to know him. Some of y'all maybe not have, have seen him or, or anything like that. And the reason I asked Zane to be a part of this, about being on mission for the kingdom of God, is this last summer you went to Memphis, right? Yeah, over spring break last year. And it was on a, for a mission trip through your college organization that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And what did you do in Memphis? So in Memphis, we spent a lot of time working with the homeless population. In the homeless population in Memphis and here in Springfield is a population that's easily overlooked as a group of people who just don't receive God's love as much. And so that was our whole purpose of going out there, was going and just showing them the love of Christ as we know it, as perfect and undying and unchoosing. I don't know if that's the best way of saying it. (laughs) Unpartial, how about that? Um, But so, yeah, in Memphis we spent a lot of time just helping men, teaching them skill, or helping teach them skills with classes, and just loving on them, serving meals, spending time with them. And there's a cool, 
I, I've obviously got to talk to him about the trip, um, but he shared a cool little event that he didn't know that they were going to have to do when they got there. Um, so they arrived in Memphis and they dropped off all their stuff where they're going to be staying. And then your leader drops a surprise on you that you used to do for a full day, which is which was what? You want to share about that real quick? Yeah, so they picked us up from our hotel at like 5.30 in the morning, took us to the church that we were working with, and told us to take all the valuables out of our pockets. If we were wearing watches, take those off. Um, and then they took us downtown in a van and said they'd pick us up at dark. Um and said that for the next 24 hours, we were homeless. Um, the shelters in Memphis cost $6 a night to get in a person. So if we didn't get that $6, we were going to sleep outside. Um, and yeah, we had no idea, so none of us were dressed for the 25-degree high day. Uh, we, ex- we were expecting to work in a warehouse or a food bank or something, but we did not. Um, but it was, it was, it shook me to my core because yeah we had to go out and we had to ask people for money and what was terrifying to me was I saw myself and the people that I asked when I would ask people that for help they would sneer at me or laugh at me or tell me I was the wrong color to be homeless that was an actual response um, and as we went throughout that day we spent the day freezing and thinking and just trying to think about who God is in the middle of it. And one thing I, I realized was that if my definition of God only works in you know, suburban, middle-class America, then I probably don't have an accurate definition of God. Um, and so that's, that's why I feel like we need to go on mission, is because our God is not a suburban, middle-class God but he's huge and he loves everyone. Yeah. So you got um, a mission trip to spring break. Where are you, just where are you going? So over spring break this year, I'm going to go to Denver and we're going to be doing something similar, except it's going to be more kid. Okay. And then you have another one in the summer and you're going where at that time? So over the summer, I'm planning on going to China. Actually. Okay. Here's a question before we get into that, that one. Because you hear people doing this all the time, and I don't know, at one point in time, this was my question. Why? Why in the world give up your spring break, give up your summer break, take vacation off work, uh, get away from your family, spend your own money or spend other people's money to go to places where you may or may not be accepted, you may or may not know what's going to happen. Why do you do it? I'll let you know when I figure that out. (laughs) Um, No, the way I see it is God made an amazing sacrifice when he came down to earth to live with us and to eventually die for us. He showed more love in that moment, in those 33 years roughly, than I could ever hope to possess in my entire life. And at the end of Jesus' ministry, one of the last things he said to his disciples was to go out and make more. And what that says to me is that that Christ didn't come for those people, but he came for all people. And 
as he sent as he sent more as he sent his holy spirit to help us to empower us to go out and make more disciples that's exactly what we need to be do as to do as christians it's it's my opinion that as christians as we grow as we mature like Charlie was talking about, as the love of God pours into us, we shouldn't be growing up at trying to get closer to God all the time, but that love of God should be flowing out of us even more. And so that's why I want to go on mission, is because the love of God needs to be shared with more people. Amen. So uh, you may not caught, but you know he's going on a couple mission trips uh, in spring break to Denver and another one to China. Um, and China's... Uh, whole geographic has, has changed in the last several years and continues to change. Um, but what, what are you going to be doing in China? So China's going to be a really interesting trip. Um, one of the main things we're going to be doing is we're going to be working with people roughly my age, so college students, who are trying to learn English. Um, you know, here kind of the commonplace thing to do is to learn Spanish. Well, there it's to learn English. And so we're going to try to use that as an avenue to share the gospel with them. There's also going to be opportunities that we have to work with um, some underfunded at-risk orphanages who just really need some help with just manpower stuff. And so while we're there, we're going to be there for about roughly two weeks, and we're just going to be trying to spend time with these college students and with these people who, like as I keep saying, just need God's love. Um, you know, with China's an interesting place because it is still illegal. Um, and to be a Christian, to be yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and to do what we're <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still legal to to even do what we're doing to try to go over there and share the gospel, and so these people just have so little access to Christ, and we're trying to change that. So, what can we, as your church family, as your brothers and sisters in Christ, what can we do to help you with this for being on mission? Well. The thing is, is with these, these kind of trips is that they're quite expensive. And so that, that's why I'm, I'm here is I need help. Is the total cost for China is about $3,500. And while I've raised some of that, I still, I still need some help from my church family to fill in the gaps. And so that's what I'm here is to, is to ask for help. So Zane came and told me this a couple weeks ago and really believes this is what God's laid upon his heart, that he's to go to China on this mission, even though it could, it's dangerous. I mean, it is illegal in China to share the gospel openly. There's an underground church in China uh, who once thought that Christianity had completely died and China was completely dark. And then as missionaries began coming back into China, as the doors kind of opened up a little bit more for that to happen, began finding out that Christianity is actually flourishing in China. Is one of the fastest growing uh, countries and nations in the world where people are coming to Christ, even in the midst of heavy persecution. And it just amazed everybody. Um, and so Zane is going because God's called him to go. He's going with his team. And uh, one thing I want us to do as a church, and we're going to do it here for in a second, is to pray for Zane. And we're going to do it as a church here in a moment, but also to continue praying for him and his mission team. As they go to that, as they begin doing some training to be prepared for that mission field. And then also the challenge is just for you to pray. Uh, I don't want you to feel like, oh, great, another thing got to give to a church. No, 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 no. If that's where your heart is, then don't do it. Okay, just don't do it. But maybe you hear that and like, you know what? I, I want to support that. I want to support the mission of God's kingdom being expanded in a place um, 
I may or may not get to go to in my lifetime, but I know Zane is, and he can go, um, and I can support that. Um, and maybe it's just five bucks, but I know as as we all pull together our resources, God can do incredible things. And um, so if we were, if, if someone here was wanting, like, okay, I'm ready to write a check right now, you know, here's 25 cents, you know. <laughs> um, but uh, if they were wanting to do that, what should they write it out to or so there's two different ways that it can be done um you can either make the checks payable to me in which case i will turn it in and i'll just have to go through my bank or you can make it payable to chi alpha campus ministries which is who i'm going with and i will then turn it in to them directly the only thing is, is if you're making it payable to chi alpha please put in the memo line like Zane China mission trip just so they know where it's going. Yep. So we pray about that. And then, um, and then let's just pray for Zane um, as he continues to prepare for this. Uh, so if you just join with me, Father, we thank you for that. You called us into an incredible task, Lord, to represent you in this world, to be the salt and light into this world. And knowing that there are people who need, to know who you are here in America, here in Stockton, here in Missouri, in Greene County. But we also know there's people around this world that you died for. Whether they're like us or not, Lord, you died for them because you love them. And I think for Zane and his willingness and his obedience to accept your call to go, I thank you for his team. Uh, and Lord, he is stepping out on faith knowing that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are God the provider. And as you called him, you will provide the way to do that. And I, Lord, I thank you that you allow us to be a part of this as well, that we can help support Zane and, and rally behind him through prayers and financial support, that he can go and be a light and a salt in, in that area. I thank you for the interactions you've already planned for him to have there. And Lord, as he prepares over the next couple of months to, to go to China and, and go to Denver here in a couple of months, Lord, begin preparing his heart and continue to draw him closer to you and maybe mature in his relationship with you. Well, thank you for, again, his obedience. And thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be a part, not only with Zane, but being a part of the mission field you've given us before, uh, before us all. We pray us all in your son's name. Amen. Thanks, sir. Um, so if you want to talk to Zane more uh, about that, you can. And I know we've got other people here who have gone on mission trips and are currently doing mission trips. Here's the thing about being on mission for God. It doesn't mean China all the time. It doesn't mean Denver. It doesn't mean Memphis. We have a huge mission field right outside these doors. And God has called you to be on mission for him. The Bible says that we are ambassadors for Christ, Christ appealing through us to this world, that we are being used by God to appeal to this world that they may understand the love of God and how much God loved them through his son, Jesus Christ, which we've come to know if we've met Jesus. And so your mission field, as I look to the students, your mission field is your classroom. It's the extracurricular activities you're involved in. It's the sports you, you, you get involved in. It's the theater department, the band department, the cheerleading squad. It's, it's your clubs after school. It's the people sitting around you in your classroom. For us as adults, it's, it's our workplace. It's where God has planted us to be the salt and light that he needs us to be in that, that situation. Some of us may be restricted on what we're able to share about Jesus Christ. We may get in trouble at work. I don't know where, you, where everybody works. 
But I know this, they cannot stop you from showing the love of Christ by your actions, by the way you respond to things. They cannot stop you to do that. And I have found in my own life, which I believe is one of the greatest compliments anybody can ever receive, is when, when I show the love of Christ through my actions, people seem to respond in such a way, why do you do that? Why do you act the way you act? Why don't you blow up like everyone else? Why don't you lose it? And I'll admit, there are times I do. Yeah. But they've come and asked me and it's given me an open door to share Jesus. I act the way I act. I do what I do because of Jesus. I'm a pastor because of Jesus. Zane goes on mission because of Jesus. God calls us all to mission Maybe it's our family, our workplace, our school, because of Jesus. Because the reality is if people have yet to meet Jesus Christ, their Lord and Savior, they're going to hell. And that's the truth we know as God's people. Without Jesus Christ, people are going to hell. It's not about them being good enough. It's not about them going to church enough. And not all roads lead to heaven. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So he calls us all to be on mission. Uh, wherever he, he has planted you. Why? I love that question. For the sake of multiplication. We meet Jesus, we mature in our relationship, we go on mission, we multiply. And the beauty of this and what the gospel reveals, it's not by our own power, but it's the power that God has given us through his spirit. He's given us a spirit to give us the words to say when we need to say it, He's given the Spirit to give us gifts, to be manifested, to bear fruit. He's given us everything we need for godliness. That's what the Word of God says. And so we may have talents. We have things that we're really passionate about. And God wants to use those talents and those passions to glorify himself through you. He wants you to be his billboard of glory so other people can come to know him, and that's part of multiplication. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. And when you're ready to go up into heaven on Matthew 28, go and now make disciples. Go and now do what I've just been doing in your life. And that's the call of all of us as God's people. I don't know where you are this morning. You may be here and where you are in the heartbeat is you need to meet Jesus. You, you need, you've, you've heard through testimony of different people about how they've met Jesus and how he's changed them. And, and maybe something just resonated with you. Point like, you know what? That's me. I, I, I've been doing church. I've been relying on someone else's relationship with God, and I don't have a relationship with God. I'm not really saved, and, and I, I want that to change. I want to meet Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Now, I'm going to invite you to come down. I'm going to have Mike and Charlie standing down here, and you just come down and say, hey, um, can you share with me or pray with me so I can know what it is to be saved and have Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. Maybe you're here, and what I found in my own life from about the age of six to the age of 19 is, even though I went to church and, and did all the church things and Christian things, um, I wasn't maturing. And so saved at five or six, but at the age of 19, I was still the spiritual age is when I was saved. And maybe that's where you are this morning. You've been saved for years, maybe even your whole life. But you know you haven't really been making an intention to seek after God, even though he sought after you. 
And so we come to a new year. What a great time to come before God, not before us as a church or, or me or any other individual, but to come before God and say, God, I, I give you my heart. I, I give you 2019. Give me a heart that seeks after you because the promise of God is that when we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things that we can worry about will be given to us. But also when we seek the heart of God, God wants to give us the desires of our heart. That's amazing. So we did all these promises, but it takes an intention and an effort on our own. And maybe that's where you are this morning. I just need, I've been, I've been out, of, out of whack. And I just need, I want to commit starting today, not starting New Year's Day, starting today to be intentional about maturing my relationship with God. Maybe God's calling you to be on mission. Maybe he's calling you to the ministry. Maybe he's calling you to, to help out in some way or another. You just need to commit that because you got fear in your heart. You know, the Bible says God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and self-control. So that fear of being obedient to God is not God. It's Satan trying to keep you from the blessings that God wants to bestow upon you. So maybe you need to come before the Father and say, God, just help me. Help my unbelief. Help my lack of faith in this moment. Maybe there's people in your life right now that you, would you be willing to come before God and kneel before the people that God has placed in your life that you know don't know Jesus? Would you be willing to come, come before the throne room of grace, the maker of the heavens and the earth, and lift up people by name, praying that God would use you in an incredible way, that these people would be eternally saved from hell and become children of God? So we're going to come this time of invitation. We're going to sing a song this morning. It's called Jesus Paid It All because that's what it's all about. Paid it all in full. That's what he meant when he said, it is finished. Signed, sealed, delivered. And he extends the invitation not only to begin a relationship with him, but to join in God's eternal mission. So let's pray together. And then I invite you to stand and sing as Mike and Charlie come forward. So Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for what you have called us to do. Thank you for what you're doing here this morning. I thank you for these who have shared I thank you for your word and your eternal promises that we can rest upon that will never change. Lord, you know that we all wrestle with stuff. We all struggle. We all in this moment are, have these, these little parts of our life where, you know, ah, uh, it's hard to hand that over to you. But Lord, help us to take up our cross. Help us to die to those fears. Help us to have faith in you and trust in you. You've given us this glimpse on this glorious road you want to take us on and use us on. So I pray for all my brothers and sisters in Christ here this morning, that we would become passionate for you, to be on mission for you, and be used for your glory so you can appeal through us. I pray for those here this morning that have come to a realization that they don't know you as their Lord and Savior. It hasn't become personal to them. In this moment, as we sing a song, that they would step forward and just let it be known to Mike or Charlie that they want to be saved. Father, I thank you for what you're doing, not only individually, but as a whole, as this church body. Give us a heart for you and a heart for your kingdom and a heart for your will and your mission. That we would be a people who love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength so we can love those you place around us the way we would want to be loved. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for this time and this time of response. Let us be not only hearers of your word, but doers of it. Praise all in Jesus' name. Amen.